Hello and welcome folks to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host Joe Monday and today is March 29th. You're listening to the only show where we talk about what's been going on the front page of our Street Fighter from week to week. Uh, It's kind of been a fucking madhouse on our Street Fighter the last couple days. Uh, We're probably not going to talk a lot about that at the start of the show. We'll kind of end it on that. And I'm probably not going to bring up any of the threads that were posted about you know what thread we're going to talk about later. Uh, Because a lot of it is hot garbage. Uh... Strewn about the front page of our Street Fighter. Uh, picking apart one of the most meaningless parts of what Mike had to say. Uh, which we'll get to later. I promise you that. Uh, but before that, let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the goods first. I got some goods for you. I have some fine wares. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to say... I had a great weekend. I was, I was away from everything... I was at Deep Creek Lake. It was very quiet. There was snow about the ground, so no one was there to... They like to go up there to take your boats out in the the springtime. No one's boats were out. No one's docks were even out. It's very quiet, very peaceful. Spending time with my friends, people that I love. Very There's no internet back there, so I I couldn't see anything on the internet. And then I come back and... Everything is broken. Everything has changed, and we are living in a <laughs> post-AMA world right now, uh, as it turns out. Uh, which is, I probably as a whole, a good thing, uh, but m- immediately a terrible thing uh, for a number of reasons. But that we'll get into. Uh, but before we talk about that, that'll be at the end of the show. You, so you can probably skip ahead to like minute thirty if that's all you want to hear. Uh, that's just an estimate. I did. Because that hasn't happened yet. It's in the future. I'm not there yet. I'm not future text here to, to let you guys know. Uh, no soothsayer this week about how long it's going to take to get there. It's probably not long, actually. Probably 20 minutes because there's, there's not a lot to talk about. There were not a lot of threads uh, to really share. Uh, and speaking of which, let's get into the first one, uh, which is... Bop! Yep. Wrong button. Okay. Check this one out. Congratulations to the winner of Tiger Uppercut. Uh, this was a <laughs> regional, uh, CPT regional, uh, and Tokido taking that number one spot. Now, uh, right underneath Sako, who performed pretty well with, uh, with Minot. I think we're going to see some pretty good Minots this year with Infiltration and Sako both, uh, utilizing that character to basically the best of her ability. Uh, she's, she's difficult, hard to use, fun to use, uh, for people who know how to use her. Um, I don't know. I just kind of want to point out the variety of characters in in this particular top eight. Kind of a couple of Kumas. There's a lot of top tiers, as you can see, but also a lot of what people consider mid or bottom tier. I see a Zeku there with Big Bird, although you know major matchups. You know, not going to pull out a Zeku or like Nash even. Bonchan still sticking with Nash. Can you believe it? Balrogs even the most bottom tier of character. Balrog, everyone's favorite bottom tier. Uh, if you're looking for the VODs and didn't catch that and you want to see some, or I would say listen to uh, some choice commentary, uh, was it Cyclops? Is that how you pronounce that guy's name? Oh boy. He was laying some zingers uh, that, like, it, oh man, like super original zingers that 
you gotta wonder where they came from, or if it was like, I, I can't imagine it was his first time on a mic, but damn, some of the shit he was pulling out of his ass, it's like, those aren't words that go together, that's, okay, alright man, let it rock, and I'm okay with it, it's all good fun, uh, tournament was good, a lot of cool stuff happened, and check it out. All right, next up, you remember a couple weeks ago, uh, we Punk said goodbye to Panda Global, and was kind of wondering and guessing, I guess, that he would probably be picked up by Exo Fo Echo Fox, and that turns out to be true. Uh, Punk has been has just joined uh, Echo Team Echo Fox, and he'll go under that name at uh, NCR this weekend, because that's in a couple days. Uh, Speaking of which, CCH is going to NCR, and we've got all that figured out. It's all taken care of, all good and paid for. Uh, he's actually fucking... Does he leave today? I, I have a scheduler to look at <laughs> immediately following this podcast. See if that dude's okay. Because I, I didn't text him this afternoon. Uh, anyway, regardless. Not important. I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, we're getting ready for the next sponsorship. Out to Combo Breaker. It looks like Neon V is strongly in the lead with Tourniquet as a very close second place uh, in terms of voting. Uh, in which case, uh, I think we're going to try and send both. Because if we can get one, we can get one there with Plaintick, get them, get Neon V a room. Uh, Tourniquet said that he would be willing to share a room. So perhaps we get some Colleen, perhaps we get some Vega play out at Combo Breaker. Uh... I, this is exciting to me. This is good. Uh, I think we can do it. I think we can pull together and do it. Uh, it's just a matter of planning on my part, which should come out s shortly after the end of NCR. I want to say, like, the Monday following NCR, I want to get on top of this. Uh, so we'll set, all, we'll set all that up, carry over all the extra money from, uh, from the NCR drive for Chris CCH. Uh, there was actually quite a lot. Um, I don't know the exact, it was something like 250 from shirts plus the 60 some that was left over from the donations, uh, plus the youth gym stuff from this last month, which I actually need to check up on that. I think that's also in like the 200s-ish, but I'll need to look to, to, I need to do some maths and add all that up to before donating. But anyway, that's all that. And also, fucking the iTunes uh, reviews. I gotta add all that stuff up, stuff up as well. Damn, donating a lot here. Uh, regardless, uh, looking forward to that one at NCR. And also, another congratulations to Punk. Uh, that shit's awesome. And Team Echo Fox has fucking everybody. Uh, here's another tournament, E League, returning uh, to Street Fighter Five. A second invitational worth two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. This was a fun tournament last, uh, was it last year already? Has it gone that fast? Uh, regardless, they're teaming up with Battlefy, which is the bracket system that we used to use uh, on our weeklies. Um, I, I don't know. I think they're a good bracket system. It's just they didn't have certain things and wouldn't listen to me whenever I told them what they could improve about their site. So I'm a little salty about that. But with that said, I still prefer a lot of the things that it has over, say, Challenge or even Smash, um, Smash GG. It's, it's a good bracket service. And the people there actually seem to care. And this is one of those things that's, I don't know, it's fucking rad. Uh, they're teaming up with, uh, with E-League and hopefully they put on a good show. Have to talk to those contacts in a little bit, see what's good. I don't want to be like, but regardless, 
Uh, moving on to the next bit, which is a five-hour-long dulcim tutorial. Uh, it, it is exactly as it is described. It is five hours of a Grandmaster Dalsim, Broski, uh, talking about Dalsim shit. And it's not like just some some punk Dalsim that can't teach you, can't learn you how to do a Dalsim. Uh, it's a Grandmaster Dalsim. They know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and they get into basically all the specifics of the matchup. It's like a really good consolidated video... What do you call a video that's five hours long? Like, uh, I don't know, kind of like an epic? An epic of of Dalsim goes into matchups, goes into pretty much every button, does go into every button, uh, covers matchup-specific stuff, setup-specific stuff. Uh, it's it's intense. It is exact exam again, I will say, it is exactly as I'm describing. It is a five-hour-long Dalsim video tutorial. Uh, that I would recommend checking out. I mean, it's only got, at the time of this recording, like only a little over a thousand views. And that's not like fully looked, that's just like people clicking on it. Only a thousand people and 69 likes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would recommend anyone who cares about this matchup or this character at all to check this out. I think Dalsim's okay in season three. It's not great. Manat's a better Dalsim, but that's another conversation. Well, anyway. Uh, speaking about other tech stuff, uh, Liang Hub put together a compilation video of characters parrying stuff, uh, which is, I don't know, parrying is always exciting. And not just uh, Ryu, there's some Alex in there and a little bit of Abigail. Um, it's a, it's just a fun video. Parrying stuff is cool. And granted, a lot of this stuff is like, specifically with Alex, makes me go, yeah, it's kind of had to match that one out, didn't he? And you go, yeah, kind of did. The Ryu stuff's probably a little bit more exciting. Abigail stuff is also pretty fun. Uh, but it's good. It's a it's a fun video, and it's good to see Lanning Hub back at it again uh, with some hot bullshit. Speaking of hot bullshit, here's some Abigail stuff we're going to talk about for the next minute. Uh, <laughs> I only bring this one up because it was something that I knew, but didn't I didn't know exactly. I didn't know if all of this information was consolidated. And I want to give a uh, shout out to. I shouldn't have said. I should have practiced this name. Uh, Enidradion. Enidradion. I wish it was just Endradion, but then there's a, there's an E. There's that one E. That sneaky E. They call me Sneaky E. They, I'm going to call him Sneaky E. Anyway. Uh, he consolidated all this information of. And granted, this one confused me when I read it out loud. The first couple times you read like the title of this post and you go down and like, what the fuck is he trying to tell you? But basically what this is breaking down is that Abigail, uh, whenever he reacts to characters activating their V reversal, right? Reacts to it. Boom. Clip him with that, with that V skill, which is a parry. You would think your mind instantly goes to, oh, like Ryu or Zangi for anyone with like parry, uh, you'll just like hit it and you'll recover in time. You can just punish, but like, mm, but no, that's not exactly true because if you remember, Abigail's parry works in a different kind of way in that he gets the parry, right? But 
then he immediately attacks, which becomes a problem because V reversals are strike invincible. So what does that situation really look like whenever Abigail V skills, V skill parries your V reversal? Uh, who recovers first? What happens? Does he catch you? Uh, and this is basically a consolidated list of all the characters when they V-reversal and you catch them with your V-skill uh, of who gets hit by it. It's a it's short list. It's only Akuma, Zeku, Geef, uh, and Kami are the only ones who get hit. Uh, there's characters who don't get hit by it, but Abigail has uh, is only at a slight disadvantage. So it's like really no there's really no use for doing it I guess does that, does that makes any sense like if it puts you at minus two and blocking your reversal puts you at minus two it's like was there was there a point to that v, v meter okay no never mind there's there's a point to it. you gain V meter so I guess and it's flashy might catch your opponent off guard for like get them thinking about they might not know if they have the advantage or they might think that they have the advantage which they do it's a two-frame advantage in most cases um, and then things where it's like just straight up punishable, which is actually a much longer list, which actually surprised me. And that's, I don't know, it's like unfortunate. I know I'm saying like something for Abigail is unfortunate after the, the fucking beating that I took in the pre-tournament stream. And then I got the redemption back, which was fucking thankful about that. But anyway, there's some Abigail stuff. So think about that whenever you are uh, utilizing your V-reversal against Abigail, if he can even catch you, which honestly, if he's if he can cancel into a command grab off of the normal that he's pressuring you with like that's actually the better option you just catch you or most most beat reversals but anyway that's just me thinking out loud here's some other cool shit that i didn't know um this time from hatson i know how to say that name uh again i will say as i say every time he comes up on this show uh you should follow hatson if you give a fuck about any kind of fighting game tech uh this dude is in it he's in the numbers he is plugged into the matrix Dude knows what the fuck he's talking about. So, uh, what this is, and I didn't know this, and I don't know if anyone else knew this, because uh, I think that's the case, but I'll read this out loud. When an armored move hits on the same frame as another normal, te technically not a trade since the armored attacker is really getting, is the only one getting the hit, the armored attacker results in nine, in plus nine extra frame advantage. So it's not just counter hit advantage that we're talking about. It's it's just an extra frame advantage, an extra you know, two in addition to the counter. It's like nine minus two, which is seven. It's like a seven additional frames on top of the two counter hit frames that you would normally get. Uh, and it's weird. It's a weird situation. The setup that he that he presents is Yurian. Uh, jabbing into an armored tackle uh, and the tackle would land the active frame on the exact same frame as reuse stand jab and you look at it and you think well what is the significance of this and it's that well if he does catch that jab and he's plus nine he can actually link a medium kick chariot tackle into a crouching medium punch which is kind of bananas like that's kind of nuts uh, and I don't know if he did all the testing to see like 
how many more characters are like this and like who else gets this advantage I think he actually digs he's pretty fucking thorough um, yeah it looks like he might have yeah part two well no he's using Yuri in here again uh, regardless uh, I think this is looking into for people who have characters with armored moves uh, it's very strange it works funky I think yeah, like Armika's mic drop, mm, but the projectile is is not a not the actual attack. That also gets weird. Yeah, that's funky. It's a weird funky bug or something that was hard coded into the game for I don't know some reason or another. Uh, it's very strange, but interesting. So if you like interesting frame data, I would maybe dig into that if I were you. Okay, next tech stuff. Ibuki. A lot of people thought, and I actually said that Ibuki. Uh, doesn't really have that many great mix-ups uh, now in season three without specifically without resources it's like well if she doesn't have resources then you don't really have to worry about all that much she can't really put you in that many ambiguous situations um, which is still partly true however uh, what this video shows is situations where Ibuki can get some pretty decent mix-ups some pretty good left-right guess situations off of most of the beginning part, it's a long video too, it's like a 12 minute, 13 minute video. Um, a lot of the first part deals with uh, dashing not quite under a juggled opponent. Instead of using a uh, hard kick uh, command dash, you use the you use the medium kick, stay grounded, and then pop them up again with back medium punch. And then you get to decide which left or right, which side you're going to land on. Uh, that's fun to do, I'm sure. Uh, there's also some really interesting uh, kunai setups, like where you toss all the kunai. Uh, there's some really interesting V-Trigger 2 uh, setups that I've never seen before. So if you're trying to defend against an Ibuki, uh, someone who's stuck with that character in Season 3, uh, or if you play Ibuki, I would recommend checking out this video. It's all good information. It's all very useful information. All right. Next bit. Okay, so... If you are a listener of this show, or perhaps you've seen the the tournament stream in the past, uh, we talk about the 50-50 uh, every once in a while, uh, which is a streetwear website based out of Toronto. Uh, a lot of their stuff is pretty good. I like, I'm in fact wearing the Demon Armageddon shirt right now. Uh, but what's going on is that they're ringing a sale. Uh, so I think that the sale code is... Oh, it's just our Street Fighter. If you if you type in our Street Fighter uh, offer code, uh, you get twenty percent off of whatever they have available. Uh, so check out the fifty x fifty dot com. That's right, folks. That's the fifty x fifty. Ah, fuck, you know where it is. Uh, but shout out to Drewface for doing that. Um, that's all. Like, thank you uh, for for offering that to our community. Um, just been kind of. There hasn't been any money that's ever really exchanged hands between the two of us. It's just kind of like, I don't know, we're both, I don't know. He does a lot of cool stuff for his community, and he sells streetwear, and I think it's cool. So that's kind of been a good relationship, good working relationship between the two of us where no money has actually changed hands. Not business at all. Maybe if, any, if anyone else out there has like a, runs a business like that, like hit me up. I'll give you some free advertisement on the on the weekly tournament. I know he's gotten sales from, from our Street Fighter in the past, so maybe that'll work for you. Uh, inquiries, uh, <laughs> inquire inside. Uh, I don't want to run business from a podcast. Podcasts are not where business is done. 
that's elsewhere, maybe on Twitter. People who are listening can't see I'm shaking my head. All right, next little bit. Uh, something that is quickly becoming one of my favorite translation websites. Uh, Fugu Tibetai did a couple translations here. Uh, this one is Daigo's panel on money and games in Japan. Uh, he sat down with a lot of pros from Japan, specifically Fuudo, uh, Nemo, Daikoku, and Rea. And I love how, with Rea, because you're like, oh, who's Rea? I've not heard that name before. Uh, there's specifically like a really, like a pretty long blurb about who this person is uh, that made me laugh. So I'm just gonna like read this one out loud. Rea. A young player that Daigo is teaching. Uh, this is what the info card for him said. Uh, and this is now in quotations. This is his particular info card. A young Street Fighter V player. He didn't come up by his strength, but in an audition with one of Umehara's projects. He is, he is the one that made Umahara stop wearing Crocs, which is the funniest shit I've ever heard. Uh, he's here not to give his opinion as a competitor, but as a member of the community. That said, I've seen him at weeklies, and he's good. <laughs> just, I don't know, that that's just a really funny thing to include, that he, he was the one that made Daigo stop wearing Crocs, which is, I don't know, which is funny to me, because if you've ever seen or met Daigo in the past, uh, that guy had a penchant for wearing what others might consider bath shoes. Uh, it's, I don't know. That's really funny to me. But that is something that they deemed important to, to put on this panel of uh, people who talk about the, the money in Japan. Uh, specifically, the, um, the, J, was it, the JSU, uh, the Japanese eSports Union, Japanese ESU, Japanese eSports Union. Do you understand the, the translation? Am I spelling it out hard enough for you guys? Well, that said, uh, oops. Um, okay, never mind. Uh, it's cool uh, to hear a lot of these players' opinions. They talk about a lot of interesting things that I actually never thought about before. Like, if you don't know what the Jesu is, it's basically uh, gives out like players cards as you are considered a, a pro player, and you can play for comp competitive money. Like you can play for money which is not a thing that you could previously do in japan uh and i think at some point i mean nemo even brings it up well what if someone wants to compete in a tournament but does under the guise of not wanting any of the winnings are they allowed to compete that's not something that the jesu panel knows yet so that's i think these are questions that eventually will need answers um and it's interesting to see all of these players and <laughs> <laughs> croc hating motherfuckers uh, talk about where they think uh, the influence of Jesu should reach and uh, and its effect on their communities. It's it's a good read. It's a little bit of a long read, but it's it's very interesting to see these very top players uh, have their opinions on kind of the legality of them competing in their own country. Uh, it's cool stuff. All right, next bit, final bit. Going to another site this time. We're going to talk about Arcapa and Mike Ross and the AMA that has been going around. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of no surprise that this was the talk of the town. Mike is one of the, or was one of, and it still is, fuck it, he still is, uh, the most influential 
community members uh, within the FGC. That was made obvious by uh, this AMA, I believe. So it's no surprise that him saying anything on any topic uh, will make waves. Uh, and there was... There's so much to dig into here. Like, it's... Oh, hey, look at that. It's like 20, 24 minutes by the time we started talking about this. I was... I split the difference. I was almost right. First said 30, then said 20. Just... I glanced over at the at the time, which is, you know... And talking about time of your podcast is always very interesting to hear to the listener. All right, so... But anyway, uh, dude dropped a lot of really alarming information... Uh, that was either already known by a lot of people. Uh, some stuff, I think, could just be disregarded. Uh, but some of it's like, has, is kind of fucking weighty. But also, no one is fucking talking about it. Like, uh, there are... I digress. When I say no one is talking about it, I'm not talking about people like to record shows like this or the figureheads of the community say James talked about this the... Justin Wong even commented on this. Uh, the Street Fighter Five podcast has talked about this. Uh, uh, people have talked about this. Because what it seemed like most of all of the people of everyone who wanted to make a uh, flamboyant tweet on Twitter uh, and say some hot shit on our Street Fighter was all tied to Mike saying that he doesn't like Street Fighter Five uh, in the ways that he said it. And that's so unfortunate because that's what people are biting onto and we're not taking to account, or at least we're not, we're not speaking truth to the people actually in power here who are, are running the show, which is like seriously the scary shit that Mike talked about that made him leave the community altogether, uh, that has been almost entirely absent from from people talking about things online and it it's like fucking breaking my heart it's making me reconsider it, it, like it's made me even reconsider just like being a mod of our street but I'll just be honest about it because it's it, I'm seeing dissertations on why Street Fighter 5 is good and it's like you missed the fucking it is so far over your fucking head right now that all this does is to serve to conflate the actual meaningful issues, which we're going to get into. Um, so I have a list of bullet points that I want to talk about, things that were brought up in this AMA that I think are worth talking about. Uh, first and foremost on this list, first bullet, number one with a bullet, uh, is that Mike's okay. He's in a good place. It's like He disappeared from social media and the community for quite some time. It's been just about a year. Uh and that usually is people's first question to him of like, hey man, are you okay? Because so many people have such fond memories of him in Excellent Adventures and him doing stuff for the community, him being on fucking ESPN with Seth Kent, like all this, like good memories of Mike Ross tied to fighting games and all that. And just for him to leave it, they just want to know, hey man, like you okay? And by his account, he's okay. He's doing okay. Him and Ryan have remained friends. They have a still have a good relationship. Uh, friends to the end. Um, something here. Uh, another thing to note is that Mike still wants to keep creating content. This one's interesting to me. Uh, that 
and I think this makes sense because he's a very he's a creative person uh, he's a very driven person I think that's pretty obvious he's a charismatic person obviously uh, and it's interesting that he still wants to continue to make stuff he didn't say exactly what that stuff will be uh, which is the the bit I'm actually quite curious about I'm interesting to see what he has next because he also mentioned that it would be quite different from what people expect and that's not that's not like a surprise I actually don't I'm, I would almost expect that it would have nothing to do with fighting games, and if it did, uh, it would be it would be something completely unique that we haven't seen yet. It would be something that is like next step. And I'm not just saying that to like be like, well, I don't, well mm, here's the other thing. It, whatever he does, it actually might not be influential within the FGC uh, because it would probably be devoid of any backers or money, which actually kind of fucking matters uh, as it turns out um, unfortunately but regardless next bullet point uh, any, just to kind of close that thought by the way I haven't closed that thought is that he said that he is working on stuff and has ideas for stuff that he would like to continue to create content and I think that's maybe something to look forward to it would be hard to find out where or what that is uh, he kind of closed all social media so it might be difficult to find if ever it does come out so hopefully um people with the ends can get a hold of that or whatever it may be maybe music maybe music related uh so here's here's some here's the first bit here's the big bomb here's the first big bomb is that capcom told mike to stop told him to stop recording stop doing capcom pro talks because they didn't see the value in it and keep in mind that the cost for Capcom at the time to run Capcom Pro Talks was actually zero dollars. Mike himself was providing a lot of the funding for Capcom Pro Talks, like basically out of pocket, doing the show for free, not seeing any money for it. Uh, and Capcom saw that and said, well, we're not gaining any money here, so uh, this doesn't have value. Uh, Nix the project. To which... If you remember when Capcom Pro Talk stopped, uh, a lot of people were like super sad that it stopped because it was such a real uh, touchstone within the community of, oh, it's just, we can still be real. We can still just be players. Uh, we can still touch upon, you know, like who we think is the best and, and talk about it in a real, very real sense and have it be basically sanctioned by Capcom as well, but apparently it wasn't. Um, and that, I don't know, that's one of those things that, man, Capcom, you've, you're in kind of an okay position right now. I think you've hired a lot of a lot of good people. I think Carolyn and Mike are doing a good job. Andy Wong doing a good job, like running the kind of PR halo around the US uh, Capcom office that's sure you're doing okay but are we gonna get more orders like this are, like I can this was the one that's like it's making me grip my teeth and think what the fuck's gonna happen here cause like you guys remember wake up Wednesdays with Mike which was like the, the show that covered the CPT there was there wasn't one after after final round. It's Thursday. That should have been yesterday. There's not one right now. Will there be? Will we get more 
uh, CPT coverage from like Capcom official? Maybe not. Do they have any influence on that? Was that a discussion that they even had? Like, this is speculation. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it. I probably should. And I'll report back next week. Uh, but man, how can you have had something that the that even the the highest people in the grassroots community, people with the most influence, would look at that show and say, this is something good for the community, and drop the axe on it? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, don't point a loaded gun at your foot, man. Like, PR safety 101. This is ridiculous. It costs you zero dollars. So you must tell him to stop doing that. You must have seen it as a negative, which I know that Capcom has run the fighting game wing of their company pretty poorly uh, for the last... A couple of years, half a decade. It's been pretty bad, but man, how are you gonna be that bad? All right, next bit, which I actually think. Uh, okay, next kind of two bits I think would make a little more sense if we talk about it together. Uh, is, I'm gonna keep continue with the bullet points here. Uh, Twitch started out independent, but money changed the company. Uh, and this one's interesting because there's actually no detail from Mike here and I want to call that out that a lot of people said like oh this is like such a real thing where it's like okay yes it's true that he said these things and these things might be true and they, I think we can see that uh, that money definitely has an influence on Twitch and it's very interesting to see somebody who was formerly at Twitch basically blow the whistle on it and say like he doesn't blow the whistle he gets real close to the whistle and granted, this, it, like, there's probably nothing illegal happening here. It's just how big businesses run. Money gets pushed into a community, uh, it pushed into a product, and certain things just cannot happen anymore on that site or cannot happen with that product because corporate interests. That, I think, makes sense. But no specifics were talked about here. He just says money was introduced into the company and it became a lot less free-thinking. Which, okay, but man, um, there's some specifics there that he said. Like, if you talk to him in person about it, he might say out loud to you. Which that would be very interesting to hear. And if I ever see him, I might ask him about that. Um, if he would care to talk about it, and this is one of these things where, if you know, in a face-to-face situation, the last thing on my mind is like, hey, remember like all that that shit you brought up, like, and you you did that AMA to so that you would, could never talk about it again. Let's talk about that right now. By the way, anyone who like would go up to him at an event, like, do not. It might not be very couth uh, to go up and talk to him about this stuff anymore, specifically because he did it to uh, prevent people from from doing just that thing. Regardless, next topic. Uh. Mike no longer recognizes the FGC. And I put quotations around that because, man, fucking like, what is that? That's It's an interesting thing to think about in terms of what he saw the FGC as in 2017 versus what he saw it in, say, 2009. Uh Obviously, there are big differences there. There was a ton of money introduced, the Capcom Pro Tour, all that stuff. Like, they, It is a different landscape with a lot more money flowing in and out of it. This is undeniable. But, 
the same time, I want to point out that by saying that it's not that way, I want to bring up like it. It is still that way for, or at least can be a similar way that you might have seen of being void of money and being trying to be competitive on your own terms uh, and really try and grind it out for like, uh, see even that, even me saying that doesn't necessarily make sense because the, the drive then would be to make it to main stage on your own accord uh, by your own finances to then get to that next step, which is there was never a next step back then, so that doesn't really make sense. But anyway, yes, the landscape has changed. That's obvious. But what this does is I think it doesn't lend credence to the people who are still in or making grassroots efforts. Like, it's going to be very difficult in this current climate because of how, how much actual money is being put into even like the the smallest event on the Capcom Pro Tour even the smallest event on the Capcom take any event right I don't I don't know what event this is there's like because there's a lot of like regionals and stuff like that I don't know I've looked at any of the finances like that I can't tell you but take all that into consideration and then say well how does one get into that now like how does one even try to run a local or a large-scale tournament that doesn't have the clout or backing behind them to get the strong like why would a strong player ever spend any fucking time traveling to a small event like that isn't worth CPT points at this point why would they why would anyone take the time out of there because like, it's a fucking busy schedule we're fucking on a roll man NCR is this weekend gotta plan up and then you've already got to, you've already got to be planning for combo breaker like it's it is it is happening why would you as a top player as one of the stronger players why would you take any time with anything less than what you got to do to like actually get paid or at least try and get paid or like be noticed on a big stream like that's kind of an honest question because I don't think that I think it's gonna be very difficult for for people who are up and coming or even you know moderately sized organizations to be sustainable in the next couple of years and that hurts I think that is general uh, hurt to the community um, because they're they're just not going to be supported anymore, even by the people who claim to be, uh, to say supporting your grassroots organizations or support your locals. If you don't, then you don't, right? Like it's just one of those things. Like if you're putting money into the FGC or putting any effort or anything into it, it it. I don't know. It's, this is very frustrating for me that it, and I'm sure this was frustrating for Mike to come to as well, but it's going to be very difficult for grassroots organizations to be sustainable in the next decade or so. It's going to be tough. Uh, and I think that what he has to say here and some of what he says could be very damaging to those grassroots organizations, the actual grassroots organizations within the, within the FGC who are not tied to any corporate interests. Uh, it's going to continue to be very difficult for those people. Um, and like it's not going to be their main source of income uh, and I actually think that that is also like, as an aside note a very interesting part about the FGC that's still around 
that like there very much are small communities doing very specific things like I would even go as far as say that Ronaldo Coons and this isn't me like trying to talk trash on this but like tonight it's fucking tonight uh, Great Fight North is tonight happening in Ontario Canada uh, that's like his first attempt at running like a, a big tournament big local I fucking the 50-50 is supporting it and that's not like a major corporation like I talked to the owner of the company fucking today uh, it's very easy to get a hold of uh, those kinds of operations I'm sure I mean did you watch it on Thursday were you there on Thursday I don't know like did you even know about it it's one of those things that like it's gonna be a lot harder for for people of smaller caliber to regardless I find those events very interesting and I look forward to them in the future so I'm gonna get off this topic because I'm down a fucking rabbit hole right now uh, I'm down a very sad rabbit hole I'm a sad rabbit in a sad rabbit hole and it's making me very upset um, he also talked about uh, Mike also back to Mike and the AMA also talking about the the effects of fame and what that did to him his position on excellent adventures and uh, his position at Twitch and how people saw him as no longer a person but a means to an end uh, and not being able to discern who was friend and who was using him as a utility uh, and he does give specifics in this case uh, which is interesting and I think you have to take this with a grain of salt and he actually explains this as a grain of salt but for example he said that his birthday in 2016 he got across all social media got 6,000 happy birthday wishes but in 2017 when he left the scene he got four total from like between his family four it, like total period shout out to Mark Julia uh so, granted, he did tell people to lay off, and he did fucking leave social media, so it would be a lot diff more difficult for people to get a hold of him. But, point stands that that's pretty staggering that there were that many people who would kind of brazenly just say, like, ah, happy birthday, and then, like, that affects you. Like, that is a, that's a mental hit to your psyche of, like, does it any does any of that stuff matter? Just having thousands of likes on your birthday, uh, thousands of birthday wishes on Twitter matter? The actual answer is like fucking no, it doesn't. But or at least if that's what you value in life, then maybe it does. But uh, I don't recommend that being the place where you find a source of, of value or self worth. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, regardless, uh, he also gets into like some of the really weird shit that happened to him, like people really calling him out for like not giving them shout outs or not being invited onto excellent adventures or like people recording the words that he said unknown to him so that it could be used against him. Like that's some, that's pretty fucked up. That's a fucked up thing to then worry about, or at least be on guard at all times. Like, if someone did that to you and is like, well, haha, I, had this pri I was recording this private conversation. Haha. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, that is. If someone did that to you once, would you trust any conversation after that? Would you trust any private conversation with someone that you weren't 100% sure didn't have your back? And then to that point, would you be sure that of anyone? 100% at that point. That's fucking damaging. And 
like that's terrible that's terrible that that happened to him all right next bit which i actually find to be maybe the most alarming thing that he said and this is one of the things where i wish he named fucking names because i was so taken aback by this and even though like the way that he said it like it it kind of made me shake my head of like, yeah, I get it why they would do that. And he even says that he's okay with it, but like fucking man, I can't believe people aren't talking about this. So at this point he left esports because he received pushback on wanting to make it look in quotes, blacker, a term stolen from Dame Wayans. Granted, he's okay with that direction, but he's not going to change himself to fit in. Like, how are the alarm bells not ringing upon hearing this? Because I think we know what, you know, the other direction things are going. The pretty, like, sterilized things. If you watch the, the Goichi Sock Fox at Esports Arena, it's like, mm, maybe not that way. The com- I, I take it back. The commentary is actually all right. Yeah, yeah, I see all right. But, like, at the same time, you look at statements like that and you think, hmm, like, how much was being uh, uh, held back, or how much were you being? Uh, I don't want to use the word censored. What's a better word? How much? How much were you being restrained uh, by the company owners or corporate entities into what you had to say and do? Who was promoting you act that way? What kind of VPs or owners of the company were making sure that things stayed the same? Status? Who's trying to meet status quo? Like who is doing this and and like because it is like we all know that that doesn't work right like clearly what people actually want and maybe like hmm, that's the thing that hurt that hurts for me to like maybe think to admit that like maybe financially it doesn't make sense to quote unquote make things blacker but fuck man like like I've been thinking about this like since I saw this on Monday I'm like how is this not on the forefront of people's minds how can this not be the open conversation how can we get so stuck on is Street Fighter 5 a good game to not think oh corporate entities are, are pushing to make things like pretty pretty milk toast across the board because that's what they know to work and know to be good how is that okay like that's not okay. And I also, mm, this is one of those things where I wish you might, I kind of wish you would have named names here of, of who's doing that to make things that way. Uh, because that, to me, is the most damaging thing that was said. Uh, probably in this, one of the more alarming things that he said in this AMA. Uh, there was a lot said here that we've already talked about that was um, hurtful. Hurtful to read, painful to read, painful to swallow. And a lot of things here were just like, man, you lived through that. You had to walk? Fuck. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I'm ready to walk after just listening to it. And I'm still just uh, sitting here, like, reeling at the implications of a lot of the things that he said. Um, I want to go over the last, last bit, which I think is no surprise that he thinks Street Fighter Five sucks. Great. Like, that is... Uh, <laughs> That was well known at this point. Like, that was no surprise. He even says it's no surprise. The one thing that I will say is the way that he said it, I kind of disagree with. Uh, and I know he has no, he doesn't fucking care about this at all. But the way that he ended that thought 
was like handshake and a knife at the same time because he says it's okay if you like if if you were okay with Street Fighter Five like you do you uh, but then he goes on to describe like eighteeners and I I'm kind of I'm done describing people and I mean I haven't done for fucking year I I've never done it I, I choose not to because it's it's a dumb way to it, it's a dumb derogatory word right like how can you basically try and insult someone by the year they got into the hobby that you like what other hobby is like that did did the dota community start calling people like the year that dota 2 came out which i now fucking it went came out but like was there pushback that way like the fucking oh oh 12 how when the fuck when did dota 2 come out now actually in deep thought here like no other community does that who does that oh you came in it this year wow you're fresh you're not like an aged bottle of wine i want the you're the freshest wine i've ever tasted you're mad dog 2020 you're buck fast about to get fuck fast like no that's like it's just dumb like it's just dumb to be like, oh, welcome to the community. Also, by the way, and nice someone. I so I just I get it. I get why you would say something like that. It's like the funny thing to say, but like, and now I'm just talking. About, uh, see, I'm not talking about why Street, like him thinks Street Fighter Five sucks. It's fine that he thinks that. I tend to agree with him on a lot of reasons why he might think it sucks. Like that's in a lot of ways. I think Street Fighter Five is bad right now. If you play a pad. Why the fuck would you go to a major right now? You can't crouch block. Like, very seriously and honestly, like, <laughs> that has not been talked about uh, by any uh, Capcom official site that, like, pad players can't crouch block. Like, <laughs> or, like, it's basically random that they can't crouch block. Like, what? <laughs> like, how is this okay? How, why would you compete for thousands of dollars if, if you can't crouch block? It's like kind of fucking important, but you know, whatever, whatever. There are things that about Street Fighter Five that I think are fine and, and good and can be fun, um, but that's not the issue here. And that I mean, clearly, it's not. I've been I've been talking for about like a half hour now about why this actually matters, and none of it really has to deal with the quality of Street Fighter Five. Doesn't help that you know, it probably had the worst launch of of any Street Fighter game, in my opinion. Um, I hated, hated the launch. I've been very vocal about that for years, but regardless, again, we're not talking about that. Uh, and the last part that I want to bring up that I actually think is, this was maybe the, this is just another sad bit about Mike. Uh, someone asked him the question if he still like hangs out and his response was, I don't hang out anymore outside of the context of working on projects, which Man, like reading that, I was like, man, I just got off a weekend of just straight chilling with just intentionally doing nothing and just hanging out, had a snowball fight. Like, man, it was just a good time hanging out with my best friends on the lake before, at least before one of them ships off to Japan here uh, in two days. I'm going to miss him for the year or two that he's going to be gone. But like, it was... It was very cathartic, and I think that there's like you have to make time in your life for um, for moments like that. Of just, it doesn't have to be a grind all the time. 
there is value in in just being being with other people and you might be able to share ideas at that time but like it doesn't have to be the goal just enjoy someone's company there's value in that um, and and that part was was a little bit sad to read maybe kind of contrasts his his first note of that he's okay um, so I don't know I'll let that for to be you guys to decide and then for your opinion not to fucking matter because no one's opinion on this matters because it's just Mike's opinion uh, and you gotta take it for what it's worth and come to the table with a off of everything that he said, of the bombs that he dropped. Uh, and so with that, no shit post of the week. Not gonna not gonna do that to our street fighter. It would be too easy. Um, about the sub. Uh, however, we are gonna cover uh, the last little bit. Uh, I haven't quite decided how I'm gonna change this next bit because I don't I don't know in in audio format if this comes across very well or not but the FGC history uh, I I like the value of bringing up old matches to go and watch uh, but talking about the instances of the matches can or like why they matter like that has been a little bit more difficult to at least express like oh like watch this player play like the, the way that they play is very interesting uh, and then coming to it with maybe I might try and I think talk about more about the context or maybe talk about the implications of a match or maybe someone doing a clutch combo and explaining how they were a clutch player at the time or who this player even was uh, and with that said it's going to very briefly touch on this week's FGC uh, FGC history uh, which is Evo 20 10 world champions top 32 between Mike Ross and Dr. Chaos and I specifically bring up this video in this particular link uh, to show off maybe not the match itself I mean the match is fine and it's exciting uh, it's when a top top player from the US got into top 8 at EVO which that in itself very exciting uh, but the other thing here is just it's shot from the crowd you get that feeling of what the it gives you a good idea if you weren't in the community in 2010 of what things were like this is a very this very iconic moment of Mike popping off the sticks and jumping into the crowd and you're you see you're right there with him whenever whenever he does that so that's fast forward to the end of the video whenever that happens um Posted by Pikachu, which is a name I haven't heard in a while, which made me sad in, in retrospect. Uh, but regardless, uh, so the quality is great. It's fuzzy, but you get the picture if if you see or understand what's happening. And no, that's not like YouTube resolution is not like it's not still buffering. Like this is the resolution is the resolution. I'm sorry, you got to deal with this potato quality. It's fine. It's a handheld. Deal with it. In 2010 things are not the way they are now that they were back then this is oh fuck it's closer to a decade than i'd like to admit well regardless folks i'll leave you with that and i'll let you enjoy this match uh and enjoy the aftermath specifically of this match as mike made his way into top eight uh surprising i did not share his his fourth place finish because that's I don't know. I, I mean, his match with Gabriel B was actually quite exciting. You should probably watch that too. But this one, though, shot from the crowd, jumping into the crowd after and the excitement. You live it. You're there with him. Uh, 
and that's what I'm going to end the show on is that excitement for the fighting game community and fighting games and people who play them uh, and the communities that surround them because it's still it's okay to be excited about fighting games it's okay to be excited about Street Fighter 5 these things this has not changed um, it's just that there are a lot of implications from what he said in the AMA that I think we got to think about going forward but regardless folks that is a show I'm done talking about fighting games I, I actually didn't think I'd talk for an hour on this topic fuck I was I was kind of expecting a short show I did not time that out well uh, regardless that's the show I'm Joe Monday you can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or at Reddit SF on Twitter for the R Street Fighter uh, official Twitter account or you can just find me at uh, Joe underscore Monday on the sub uh, or message to the mods if, if you got something to say uh, but regardless that's a show uh, and if you have any any comments uh, please leave them in the comment section of kind of whatever it's it's yeah I'll find it it's on YouTube it's on sub it's on fucking iTunes or whatever I'll get it I'll get at you um, if you have any suggestions about how to how the show should be run uh, should we not spend 40 minutes talking about one man's AMA who doesn't like the current <laughs> Street Fighter game I would like to hear your opinion I guess uh, send it to this black hole of fun that I'm calling my life uh, anyway that's the show and I will see you guys next week every Thursday or whereabouts on another edition of RSF Radio until then folks take care